Welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio. Your host, Chris Honholtz and Richard Story, joining you on this March 27th, 2021. I don't believe it. We're almost four months into the year already. Uh, we haven't had the sweet meteor of death. Uh, the All the, the, the uh, media plagues that they, they're just chomping at the bit to announce really haven't borne out. And, and uh, well, we're still here. We're still surviving. We're still transmitting. So God is gracious. And, and on a wonderful note, James Coates is out of jail, much to the chagrin of every leftist out there. Praise God. He is out and with his family and ministering to his body once again. So thank you, everybody who has who've been praying for that. Thank you for joining us. We are grateful to have you here. I want to remind you, we are part of the Christian podcast community. That is a wonderful gathering of solid Christian brethren who simply want to put podcasts out there to bring glory to God in his name and his word. And if you uh, are looking for more podcasts, who isn't looking for more podcasts? I mean, come on. If you're listening to this, you want you want to listen to more podcasts. Come on. Be serious here. Go to the Christian podcast community. You're going to find some great stuff. Uh, our good friends over there at... Uh, matter of theology. Hey, Chris. Chris Huff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been several months, and 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 you still haven't still haven't scheduled <laughs> it, brother. You need need to get us together. Remember that was that was your idea. Anyway, uh, matter of theology. Uh, they just had uh, a, a joint episode with the guys from Do Theology over there. Very good episode. Recommend you check it out. Uh, we got some wonderful brethren that are out there, and I think you will find a great podcast to fill into your listening time slots. Come on. We all have time to listen to something, and there's always a good one out there. You don't have to always listen to us. We really like that you will listen to us. Please, please don't delete us. Um, but we want to we wanna share that with you because uh, everybody who is part of that community is dedicated to putting the best that they can out there for the glory of God and his name. So really recommend you go check that out. And, and you know, make Andrew feel good. Maybe listen to one or two of his shows. He's, he owns like half the podcast on the community anyway. Um, but thank you for joining us. If you are new to this program, Voice of Reason Radio, thank you for joining us. Uh, we Probably because of James White and his weird fixation with elves. And, um, and, and well, now, and Andrew, Andrew, you, 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 you basically nut you uh making it worse i mean it was bad enough james white sends me the elf doll and thanks to my podcast partner rich thanks a lot for diamond mount my address there um and, <laughs> but andrew then decided to ramp it up and just re recruit all you all into this um and i put out a video last week of all the nonsense that i've received please stop uh, <laughs> but uh we're <laughs> Andrew kind of, you know, Andrew wants to hear me say this. So, he, Andrew, uh, in terms of everything that you've caused, yeah, you outdid Dr. White, okay? You're crazy. Stop it. Okay, please, knock it off. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that being said, because of, I think, the elf fiasco, we've actually, Rich and I have noticed a bit of a bump in our followers and actually some more people listening to the program. And it's it's very, very bizarre. We're actually rapidly approaching... 34,000 all-time downloads over the last almost five years. End of April will be five years that we've been doing this, five years on the air doing this program, and probably since uh, early 2019, so now a little over two years, really working to make a weekly program where there's very, very little um, 
lag uh, between episodes. There's been rare occasions for that, and we, we're grateful when you guys have been patient with us about it. So it that consistency and and then that growth, thanks to Dr. White's obsession with elves. Um, <laughs> if you are new, we are so grateful to have you on board and joining us. Uh, I was actually looking at listenership, and we've it's they're not a lot of huge numbers, but Rich, uh, bef- before we start talking about this, I wanted to share this with our. Uh, some of our folks, this is this, when I see something like this, this always blows my mind. Let me hit this into the right screen. Uh, no, that's not the right screen. No, that's all time. There we go. But that's still not the right screen. Where's the one with all the, oh, here it is. So when I set it to, uh, let's just say the last 24 months for the last two years, uh, Podbean will tell us if that's about the furthest I can set it out, where all our downloads come from. And what's crazy is we've got most of you are here in the U.S. Praise God for all of you. Uh, but Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, France, Philippines, India, Ukraine, Spain, Switzerland, Japan. 32 downloads from Japan in the last two years. That is insane. South Africa, Russia, Hong Kong. I didn't see this one. Rich, I didn't see this one earlier. 16 downloads in the last two years from Hong Kong. Uh, New Zealand. There's new. That's the one you were asking about. New Zealand. There he is. Uh, hey, Namib- Namibia is still giving us downloads. Twelve in the last two years. Uh, we talked about that some time ago. But Myanmar, uh, Mexico, Singapore, Poland. We have been around the world, and sometimes it's only a couple of downloads. But it is because you guys are tuning in and listening and sharing that we've been able to touch. Uh, even just occasionally, some of these uh, some of these nations around the world: Serbia, hey, Kenya, Jamaica, Iran, even. Yes, brother. I just wonder if they noticed your accent. <laughs> My accent. <laughs> yeah, your accent. Because yeah. you don't have an accent. We we discussed. I don't this. have an accent. No, no, you're no. the one with the accent. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you are a new listener, and. You have you've been able to put up with my accent. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you are new, let me just explain what we are. Rich and I are two two brothers in Christ that, by God's grace, have connected um, in one in a previous podcast life and have continued these efforts here for the last five years. Um, and and while it may not sound like it, Rich and I have never met face to face in the seven years we've known one another because he lives in Mississippi and I live here. Uh, in Nevada. So we're two time zones apart. Uh, he gets tornadoes. I get arid deserts and Democrats all over the place. Um, and so we, we are separated by quite a distance and just a, a lack of ability to get together. But God has seen fit to put the two of us together and allow us to talk about the things of God, uh, really from just a layman's perspective. Uh, neither of us are trained theologians, pastors, or elders, or anything of that nature. Although Rich seems to be rapidly running in that direction. I'll let him tell you about the opportunity he gets to have here very shortly. Um, but it has just been a blessing to talk about these things and share our perspective as we thought, talk about the things of God, what we have learned from God's Word, and in hope, for, for always two things. Number one, to, to glorify God. That is our chief end. And of course, to edify the saints. Our, our desire is to always point you back to the only one true voice of reason, which is the word of God. 
So thank you for joining us. Thank you for allowing me that five-minute introduction. Um, so in case you're new to the program. And by the way, I'll, I'll put it out there. We do have a Patreon. I'll leave it to you guys between you and God to decide if you want to join up with that. If you go to slavetothekeng.com, you can find the link for that. That's an opportunity if you so desire. And if so, God has, has so equipped you, please consider doing that. That's That's between you and him. We will trust in God and how we do this. And if nobody does anything, that's still God's will. So we're not worried about that. But we have it out there in case anybody wants to. So go check that out. So, Rich, how are you doing this week, my brother? Oh, brother, better than I deserve. And you forgot to mention the fact we may be the only podcast that actually has a mascot with its own account, which, <laughs> interestingly enough, the mascot has more Twitter followers than the actual show account, which is rather bizarre. It is a little bit odd. Uh, we we have the official mascot of Voice of Reason Radio is the at Theo Bros at T H E O B R O S. And if you're unclear what that's about, go back a couple of episodes. But basically, Theo Bros is a slanderous slur that progressives and leftists like to throw at Christians who are dedicated to the fidelity of God's word. And all you have to do is say that in reference to Theo Bros, and they will laugh at you that they, 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 you think you're being you know concerned about the fidelity of God's word. And so we, we, we made an account for it. And at last check, let's see here. Theo Bros currently has, and if you're not following Theo Bros, what is wrong with you? Get over there. Uh, but the, at last check, Theo Bros has a total amount of 883 followers, which it was just started this month. So that's amazing how fast that jumped up the list. Uh, but we're definitely getting more and more people following that every day. But if you are following Theo Bros, what is wrong with you? If you're following Theo Bros, then you really should be following at VOR underscore radio. It's the official mascot for that account for crying out loud. So get over there yes, and follow but, that one too. <laughs> but to be fair, the at the Theo Bros Twitter account, I think probably tweets more interesting content than what <laughs> our show account puts out. So um but that being said, yeah, I'm I'm like you, brother. I'm always amazed how the Lord works and you know, you and I, and I'll correct you, we've actually known each other, uh, if I calculate right, over eight years, not it's seven. Been or eight? But, My goodness, I thought it was seven. Yeah. See, it's, taken, it's been a lifetime is, at this point. <laughs> uh, I'm sure dealing with me seems like a lifetime every day. <laughs> no, that's but, the other way around, brother, other way around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing um, how the Lord's allowed us to reach people all over the world from our little headsets in our homes in Mississippi and Nevada. Did I say that right? Nope. Nevada. Nevada. You ever Jesus. show up Nevada. here and say that, they're going to tar and feather you, okay? I'm just telling you. Don't say Nevada. Wow. <laughs> but it, it's amazing to see how the Lord works. And personally, I'd like to give praise to the Lord and the power of prayer and him allowing at times for us to see his blessing and his compassion and his mercy. As Chris said, I live in Mississippi. We don't have spring. We have tornado season. <laughs> and any of, any of you that have ever lived in the Southeast or live in the Southeast now, you know exactly what I'm talking about, especially this line through South Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, parts of Georgia. We have tornado season. 
and March and April is tornado season. Well, over the past two weeks, two weeks, and when I say two weeks, it was just, the last one was Thursday. Today, Saturday. Yeah, it was Thursday. Over the last two weeks, I don't know how many, how much any of you know about tornado predictions and the, and the different risk levels, but a, a, a risk level of five is the highest one that they issue. We had not had a, an, a risk level of five issued in seven years. In the, in the last two weeks, we've had two in a row. Week before last, the, episode, the week that we were supposed to record that we had to pull out at the last minute leading up to that recording, we had a risk level of five that week. Then again, Thursday, we had a risk level of five. And like I said, keep in mind, the last one of those we had been issued was seven years ago. And to have more than one a year is almost unheard of. To have two two weeks in a row, I don't know if has ever even happened. But many of us have been had prayed leading up to that for the Lord's protection and blessing and mercy. And even a local weatherman looking at the way everything was setting up, posted on Facebook, praying for the Lord to make him wrong, because for the last two weeks, all these meteorologists were expecting massive, long-tracked, you know, very destructive tornadoes in multiple states. The one from last week, all the ingredients were there, but nothing ever happened. Unfortunately, this past week, there, were, there was some loss of life in Alabama and some major damage. But even at that, it was not as bad as what they predicted. Now, any time a, a person is lost during a storm is, of course, tragic. But based on what they had forecasted, they were expecting possibility of up you know, to 100-plus fatalities based on the atmospheric conditions and, and what, what they saw happening. So, you know, seeing the Lord work that way was, was just amazing and such a blessing and such a comfort knowing that, of course, we cannot control the weather regardless of what Bill Gates thinks. And that is just a fact, whether you believe in the Bible or not. That is a scientific fact. We cannot control the weather. But God will show mercy and grace during times of severe weather just like the stories growing up, you know, where a baby's been picked up in a tornado and found laying unharmed in a field. I've, I've not witnessed it, but it has happened in the areas that I've lived in growing up. So I just want to praise the Lord for that blessing of grace throughout this area and answering so many people's prayers. And another one I'd like to praise the Lord for is blessing me with an opportunity with something I didn't think I would ever have again. I had, especially after Debbie's article in an episode we did two or three weeks ago, I'd prayed for the Lord to bless me with opportunity to serve the church once again, because over the last few years, because of my disability and, and some health issues, I, I have a lot of time. I have a lot of trouble traveling, even short distances, ten or twelve miles. Sadly, our church is thirty miles from home, and that makes it extremely difficult for me to attend as much as I would like. Well, and I prayed and asked the Lord to bless me with opportunity that I would serve in any capacity that he wanted me to. Well, I don't know how much time had, had passed, but the Lord 
answered in an astounding yes. Um, he's blessing me with the opportunity to teach evangelism and serve a local church and pastor in doing this. And, and it's something I absolutely love doing that I've not had the opportunity to do in quite a while because of my limitations in travel. But not only did he provide this opportunity, it's at a church so close to my home, I just about could drive my wheelchair and, and arrive there. I'm, I'm saying that this church is so close, it will take longer for my family to load and unload me out of the van than it will be to drive to this location. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for the Lord to blessing me with this opportunity. And I will ask for our listeners to be praying that the Lord bless me with wisdom and guidance and a heart of love and humility and compassion as this proceeds forth and, and, the oppor- some other opportunities that may develop through this. Yeah. So I just want to thank the Lord for that and for that opportunity. And, you know, because, well, if you know me, you know, I care nothing about evangelism. I never discuss <laughs> it. I never post about it. I never talk about it. So, A um, little bit of sarcasm I mean, there in case somebody didn't. <laughs> just a little well, <laughs> uh, a pastor once told me if they cut me, I'd bleed gospel tracts, but I think he was exaggerating a little bit. I don't think he was wrong. <laughs> I think well, he was dead part on. of that part of that is I keep tracts on me all the time, and whether I mean to or not, I will leave them as I go because they'll fall out of my pocket they'll fall out of the pocket on my wheelchair so i mean i i I just just driving through the mall, I'll leave tracts whether I mean to or not, just the fact that they'll just be falling out of my pockets. But um, but it's just amazing the way the Lord works things out and, and brings us together. And there are opportunities to serve your church. There are opportunities to serve your local pastor and, you know, opportunities to, to get out and to be obedient to the Word of God. You know, we, we pray for those opportunities, but while we're praying for those opportunities— we need to make preparations for when the Lord blesses us with those opportunities. Amen. And that is another reason why it's so important to stay in our Bible, read our Bible, study our Bible, and be in prayer with the Lord each day. And not go to prayer asking for this, 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 and this, but to go in prayer truly seeking and wanting His kingdom and the things of the Lord, such as you know, learning and grace and mercy and growing us in sanctification and seeking the things of above and not just go to him in times of emergency when when someone's sick or we need help with a particular problem. We need to be thankful to the Lord in prayer every day. And I've had brothers and sisters tell me in the past, well, I have nothing to be thankful for. Well, each day is a gift from the Lord. We need to focus on that and remember that each breath is a gift from the Lord, is a blessing from the Lord. And we need to remind ourselves and remember these things and keep that in our hearts and our minds as, as we go forward. Sadly, in today's world, there are so many distractions. There's so much nonsense on social media and so much nonsense shared from one person to the other that are professing Christians. And tonight's episode actually (laughs) is kind of a twofer. It's a very, 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 very aggravating pet peeve of mine, but it's also from the request of a listener. Um, I 
please forgive me. I cannot remember your name. Somehow I lost where I saved your request. So please forgive me. But it was, I think, November. A listener had requested that we discuss what we're going to discuss tonight and focusing mostly on karma. If I remember right, the tweet was titled Karma Karma 101. And these Facebook posts that we see going around about sharing the Lord will bless you and, you know, Christians being superstitious and the few other aspects of that that we should not be doing. So um, before we jump into this, Chris, anything you'd like to add? Uh, just number one, I, I echo my brother's sentiments. Please be praying for him. It, it's, a, uh, it's a blessed opportunity to not only to share the gospel, but to teach others to do likewise and to be, to be blessed, to be called upon to do that. Please pray for him. That's, that's a, such a wonderful opportunity. Um, Lord is, is just gracious to us. He's kind, he's merciful, and he uses these broken vessels to, that he cleans up and makes fit for his use. And so may, uh, you know, may, may God equip Rich to do exactly what he needs him to do. And so that's what we're, we're praying for. So, uh, you know, let, let's just, you know, we've been about 20 minutes into this and this is not our normal banter. We used to do really, really, really bad about our weird banter and we've gotten better about that. So that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> but we do want to talk about tonight's show. So I'll let me let you get started with that brother. And then, uh, we'll, we'll dive into these. Well, a, a great deal of headache from all the screenshots you sent me is what I endured. So thank you. <laughs> but so let's, let's, you start into this and we'll get into it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. So <laughs> your migraine is my migraine. Well, and yeah, just you remember that this last week I was sleep deprived and you sent me this stuff. So that didn't help. <laughs> well, when, when, when the, when the listener made that request, Chris and I just had discussed it then we, just have not had the opportunity to address it and over the course of the last several months i've been saving screenshots of facebook and twitter posts and you'll understand what i'm talking about here in a moment because we've all seen them we've all had someone send us one of these christian chain letters in messenger that you know share this and you'll be blessed or share this if you believe in christ things along those lines but the the first one that really set it off was a Facebook post, and and this and it said, "Mark my word, before Friday of this week, unexpected financial favor will hit the person that will type Amen and share." Well, you know, we we could spend an entire show on that one comment because us conservative Bible believing Christians know that that's prosperity preaching and things along those lines. The thing, not so much the, the, the post, what is more disturbing than anything else was the fact that this post had 12,300 likes and hearts and that it was shared 483,384 mm -hmm. times. 483,000 times this was shared. So stop and think about that. I mean, you're talking close to a half a million people read this post and shared it. 
<laughs> something is definitely wrong within American Christianity. And it, it, it just gets worse from here. Um, there was another one. It was a picture of a man, I guess it's supposed to be Christ. I, ju- I just want to... Brother, I just I just want to say one thing. That first one when you sent oh, go it, ahead. yeah, that first one you sent me, <laughs> that was my reaction. <laughs> just that you know, I don't know if y'all have seen it. It's the screaming pug dog that gets his fingernails clipped. That's 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 the scream that you just heard. But <laughs> I that was my reaction to that because it is such pagan hip nonsense. And I, I just, I looked at that and I thought, how do you, and it's, and of course, amen, the E they use is the, um, the pound, like the, the dollar amount, uh, the, the financial currency, the pound is the E that they use for that. And then the S for share is a dollar sign. And that was my, that was my reaction. <laughs> and, but I, I, I just want to say one thing, whoever Bonita Richie is, she is my hero. Because her response is, this is witchcraft. Beware of such posts. <laughs> so, Benita Richie, thank you. Because <laughs> the rest whoever will type an amen. Yeah, whoever Bonita Richie is, she's my hero. <laughs> so, I just had to say yeah, that. That was, that was the other sad thing was the number of people that replied to that post with the word amen. Yeah. It, it was just, you know, it ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's just insane insane and and the thing is is that this is we have talked about this so many times this is that blab it and grab it name it and claim it and, you know your words have power they're containers for god's power you know you have to live it with expectation you're going to get it and god's going to give it to you it is straight up heresy and 483,384 people at the time you screenshotted this had shared it my word, that's that's horrifying. So anyway, keep going. I'm so sorry. Okay, the the next one, and I didn't, I didn't, Chris, I didn't send you all of them that I screenshot. <laughs> it was like the best of the worst. So just keep that in mind. But this next one is a picture of what's supposed to be Jesus holding a ball of light, standing before the earth, and it says, "I give my blessings to you. Do you accept? No equals ignore. Yes, heart plus share." Okay. Um, another one. There, there's two arms reaching out with a chain that's getting snapped. If you need Jesus to break every chain, type "Amen." Okay. I want to um, cry. <laughs> there's, there was another one of a boat with a figure of supposedly Jesus with the sun glowing behind his head like a an aurora or a halo. It says, I will bless every hand that will share me. <laughs> um, then we go on. I'm, I'm saving your favorite for you to, to describe. Um, there was another one. It said, did you, and it's a picture of a donkey, uh. and it's an overshot view looking down on the donkey. Did you know that a donkey is the only animal in the world with a cross on its back? Jesus, the Messiah, came into Jerusalem on the cross, and he also left Jerusalem with a cross. Coincidence? I don't think so. Thank you, Jesus, for taking all our sins on you. Okay. Um, 
there was one that was supposed to be a picture of Jesus crying, and it says, just one share, my child, Sad was face. a little crying emoticon. There was another one. It was a billboard, and I think this was actually real. It wasn't Photoshopped. Yeah. No, it, looks real. it was a giant billboard. It says, Jesus loves you, no terms and conditions. Can I get an amen? And I'll, I'll let you describe <laughs> your favorite. Uh, yeah, the, the last one is just... Yeah, I look at all these, and I th- there are two things that are absolutely just astounding to me. Number one is the absolute shallowness. No depth, no explanation. Uh, and then the other is so much of it is focused on the person, not on, on God. Just absolutely d- disgusting in that it, it gets you to emotionally respond. It makes you feel God is just all about you. But this last one just, ugh. Everybody knows what a Rorschach test or inkblot test is, right? You look at an inkblot and you go, gee, it looks like a squirrel. It looks like an elephant. You know, it, uh, it looks like the you know the Starship Enterprise exploding as it goes into the planet. Yeah, you know, something. Whoever took these pictures and put this up, I, w- I want to know what the, the psychologist Rorschach inkblot test, how that works out for them. You have four pictures of cloud formations. And at least a couple of them look fairly photoshopped. And they're all supposedly pictures of angels. One is a a cloud formation where the sun is peeking out toward the top, so it makes it look like the traditional Christmas angel with the dress and the wings. Another one is just some wispy clouds with the light coming through. Another one is... I'm fairly certain this has got to be photoshopped. It, it actually is supposed to be a dark cloud with a hole coming through the center in the shape of an angel and all the light pouring through. And then these other wispy clouds that honestly look like, I don't know, like a, some bird, some weird bird flying animal out of the dark crystal. It doesn't look like angels to me, but supposedly angels. And so this person posts this thing saying, don't reject it. And in one hour, you will have a miracle from our God. This one, this this right here, this is the type that one really, I mean, those other ones really angry make me angry too. But this is like the, I found Jesus in a piece of toast, you know, or or, or I, I cut down a piece of wood to make a table and there's Jesus on the cross. I cut open my cantaloupe and there he is shaped in the, uh, uh, in the seeds. I mean, this is, this is nothing. This is pure, bogus garbage and i'm sorry if anybody clicked and liked these i'm telling you this this these are not angels in fact at least two of these pictures look completely photoshopped and yet people click and like them because well it must mean something because it looks like what we have traditionally claimed looks like an angel but looks like nothing what the bible describes as an angel so (laughs) Yeah, when you sent me that one, I wanted to throw my phone away. <laughs> well, have you noticed, not even just with this, but overall, even within professing Christianity, that people tend to, their superstitions yeah. tend to be strong, that, um, you know, they tend to lean towards spiritualizing objects or photos or images or behaviors and and even beliefs and 
out of a supposedly a concern for for God, but it seems to me that at times some of these people love their superstitions more than they love the Lord. And, you know, we, we are to serve the Lord and love the Lord. And the Bible teaches us we're to reject all these type of, of teachings and we're, we're to, you know, avoid falling prey to temptation, to use the good things of the Lord to control our fates apart from him. And I think that's part of the problem when it comes to superstitions and, and things along these lines we're wanting to control our own fate, thinking that by doing this, we're gaining some type of control or some influence over what happens, you know, in our own lives. Almost like, you know, well, if, if I do this or if I do that, it's not necessarily a works righteousness, but, you know, it is superstition. And, you know, sadly, even among us biblical Christians, even, you know, in our daily lives, we are actually at times acting more like we're superstitious of things than we, you know, should be. Um, sometimes it's maybe a habit that we've gotten into and we think, well, something's going to happen if I break this habit or this routine, or I've got to do everything like, you know, this, this, and this each day, you know, borderline OCD type stuff. I'm not saying that, you know, true people that suffer from OCD are superstitious or unbiblical, but, there, there is some correlation between when, when someone becomes so superstitious that I've got to do this before I leave the house or something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and those type of things. But even, and I've had brothers and sisters tell me, well, sharing things like that, we know it's not real. It's just in good fun. Uh, why would you be sharing something that is mocking God and mocking the Bible just like um, I've had other brothers and sisters talk about visiting New Orleans. And I don't know how much people realize or know about New Orleans, but one of its tourist attractions is down around the French Quarter where they have all of these voodoo-type shops Mm -hmm. and and basically witchcraft-type shops. They have um, shops that you go into with, with the, you know, they tell you fortune and they read you, read the tarot cards and, you know, all this fortune telling type things and, and all of this, all of that is the occult, you know, granted, most people don't realize, you know, things like these Facebook post sharings are along those same lines because you're actually being influenced and following the teaching of demons versus what the Bible teaches. And having been in New Orleans one too many times, um, I do, excuse me, I do not like New Orleans. Um, if I never <laughs> set foot in that city again, it will be too soon for me. But I did have the opportunity to be part of an evangelism team through Sports Fan Outreach several years ago. And we were in the French Quarter sharing and proclaiming the gospel. And right in front of us was set up all kinds of booths with, with various individuals telling fortunes, reading crystal balls, doing tarot readings and all this. And I can remember talking to some people after they left that, and they would tell me, yeah, we're Christian. And I would ask basically, well, why are you doing this? Well, it's just out of fun. It's just part of the thing you do when you come down here as a tourist and you know do this. We know it's not real. But the problem is, Actually, some of it is real because the supernatural is real. 
we tend to want to neglect that fact and ignore the fact that the supernatural does exist. When Christ saves a person, that's a supernatural act. And demons exist. The forces of darkness exist. You know, demons walk among us just like everyone else. And, you know, we both are accustomed with the passage that Satan often appears as an angel of light or a child of light. And, you know, people go visit these places and go in these shops and visit these booths and go to see psychics and all this, saying, well, it's just harmless. We're just doing it out of fun. Sadly, though, there are numerous professing Christians that seek out and go to these places really, truly believing that this person is telling them the fortune, not realizing what they're actually doing is interacting with demons or, you know, potential demons now granted most of them are just charlatans that give you generalized predictions based on observing your body language and things along that line but there are some instances where you're dealing with a demon just look at the book of acts when paul i forget where he was at but there was a girl with a spirit of my mind went blank i'm sorry (laughs) deviation i think it was a deviation divination Yeah, and her owners made a lot of money off of her fortune-telling, and Paul rebuked the demon and cast it out. Then they wanted to kill Paul because he took away their means of income. So, I mean, that's something we we tend to overlook. We never discuss, but the supernatural actually does exist. Yeah. And, you know, when when you... I don't know what the word I'm looking for. When you delve into dealing with the occult, whether it's tarot cards, Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure if that's how you say it, tarot cards, psychics, horoscopes. um, What's the game that we all knew about growing? Yeah. The Ouija board. That and, you know, all of these type of things. You're dealing with the occult. You're, You're making yourself open and vulnerable to the teachings of demons. Yeah. And sadly, and this is going to get me in trouble, but people don't realize how much Catholicism has impacted Protestants Mm -hmm. because a lot of these superstitions, a lot of these type of thinking carries over from the Roman Catholic Church because historically, and even now, those that you were talking about, about seeing the image of Christ in in a piece of toast or, you know, a stain on a wall looking like Jesus. You know, there's still stories today about that happening somewhere and, and people will travel thousands of miles to come see it mm-hmm. thinking that, that it's a sign of a blessing or the sign of this or a sign of that. And yeah. I think a lot of American Christianity, I think a lot of those superstitions have grown out of those earlier types of teachings through Catholicism, except, you know, today it's even worse than that because, you know, you get superstition mingled with a prosperity gospel and you get people thinking that, well, if I pray over this picture and focus on it and share it, I'm going to be blessed somehow. And, And I mean, it all goes back to an occult superstitious type way of thinking. What do you say? I absolutely agree with you. And, and when you look at the, the pictures that we just talked about, they are do some sort of unbiblical thing to get something. You know, if you say amen, you're going to get money. 
if you accept if you like or hit the heart you're accepting Jesus or you're getting him to bless you in some way to break cha your chains whatever those apparently are um if you share his his weeping picture you're going to have his favor of some kind and that's exactly what this occultic stuff is i mean let, let's just put aside the nonsense that this is all for fun. Why does anybody go do this even in reality? They think they're gaining something from it. If they, if the cards are laid just right, my future will be better. If the magic crystal ball has, you know, has favor on me, my life will go the way I want it. Um, all of the occult practices are about appeasing the spirits or the gods or the, uh, or the dead or the damned or whatever you're preaching or praying to. In, some, in hopes of some kind of favor on your part. And when we attach Christ to it, I can think of no greater blasphemy. I mean, what was it Christ said when it came to what we, when we're thinking about what we need? We go to, to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Christ teaching his apostles, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat what you, or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet uh, your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is to, today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he, he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So stopping there for a second, Rich, this whole idea, this pagan ideology that we've attached to Christian uh, labels to and said like share pray over say amen to get something in some sort of blessing or favor christ himself expressly says stop it do not worry about these things do not be anxious for these things because god will provide now provide in god's economy not in ours because we know there are christians around the world who do not have sufficient food or clothing to eat yet they give glory to god so we think of it in terms of, well, making sure I have enough money in the bank so I can you know, pay my bills and live comfortably. But that's not what he means. If God is going to keep you in this world, he will provide for your needs in the capacity he believes and, and has ordained that you need. So we are not to be anxious. And yet all of these, all these little things that I, every time I see them, I want to, you know, I li like Bonita. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, this is witchcraft. That lady is my hero. Um, or, yeah, Benita Ritchie. She's my hero. Thank you. Um, but it's it's witchcraft. It is paganism 101. And we're attaching Christ's name to it. How much more blasphemous can we be? This is not in fun. This is not uh, just entertainment. This is serious business. Christ has said, God will supply for your needs, so stop being anxious and stop looking for some magic incantation or Facebook or chain letter or you know, like or uh, share that's going to provide for you. And if you're doing it out of fun, you have the most shallow understanding of who God is. You know, my wife has been studying through the Old Testament. She's in Deuteronomy now. We've been talking about the fact 
you read over and over and over again. If you do not, if you do not understand why we say we should approach God this way in our worship, go back and read the first five books of the Bible. Okay, God wants it has a word in how we are to approach Him. He has struck people dead for approaching Him wrong, and this that's doing that this wrong. Okay, but Christ tells us this in verse thirty-one of of Matthew six. There, uh, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So what is he saying to the Christian? Hey, the Gentiles, the heathens, the pagans, that's what they chase after. That's what they think is important. Stop doing that. Verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of this, not one bit of it was concerned about Christ's righteousness. Not one bit. And it is nothing but paganism repackaged and given a Christian label. It is not seeking the, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Another verse that goes along with that, I think it was Paul that said, you pray and do not receive because you pray to spend it on your bellies, meaning that you pray not for his righteousness, but you pray for your own gain and for things and for power and money. And, you know, I have a good car, but I, I think I deserve to buy a new one. Lord, please help me get a new car. You know, that's just a simplified version, but yeah, James chapter one from that. Yeah. James chapter four. Huh? You, yeah. It's James chapter four, James, okay. uh, verse three, you, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Absolutely. Right. But, um, and I apologize. I, I knew the verse was there. I just, <laughs> my, my memory's like Swiss cheese, but we, we always say, don't do this know, at home because <laughs> we do. And this is what you get. Well, <laughs> another extension of everything that we said is karma. And sadly, that seems to be at times more rooted in American Christianity than Christianity and what the word of the Lord says, because there's almost, there's rarely a week that goes by that I do not see someone that I'm associated with. I'm not going to say friends because um, my Facebook is used for more than just friends. Just so you know, don't ever <laughs> follow someone or friend someone on Facebook just because I'm friends with them. Don't do that because that's not what I'm using Facebook for. But almost weekly, somebody comes along. Well, they'll they'll pay for that in the end. You know, what goes around comes around. You know, karma's going to bite them in the butt. And I expect after tonight's episode, someone's going to claim that karma bit us in the butt because this is what we were going to discuss last week. And some health issues came up and we weren't able to. So, you know, they're going to automatically think, well, it, karma's out to get you. But sadly, there is some biblical basis on why people think karma coincides, coincides with the Bible. Um, basically, it goes... They pull it from Galatians 6-7. It mm -hmm. says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. But friends, I'm telling you, that has nothing to do with karma. Karma is part of the Hindu teachings. It's part of the Hindu religion. It's part of the teachings of demons, not Christ. 
and sadly, so many people I see and come across and hear and they talk and they talk about karma and they, and different aspects of it, not understanding what karma actually is, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them, I, well, I don't know about a lot, but I will give some people credit. I think they are misunderstanding this, this portion of scripture and misapplying it, and maybe they're young and naive and don't completely understand what they're sharing or saying or doing. But I'll just ask you, brother, how many times have you seen someone or heard someone in person that professed to be a Christian using karma-type phrases like, well, you know, he, he he's going to come back as a bug or, or you know, he he's he did this, so something bad eventually going to happen to him. I, far too often. I, I think it's just become a common concept, and whether you believe in you know, the, uh, the religious connotations behind it or not, this idea that if you do something evil, evil's going to come back to you. If you do something positive, positive will come back to you. And what's funny is, we, you're right, we see this in the church when people say, uh, if, you know, God's not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he re- also reap. Assuming that passage means what you're doing to others and therefore coming back to you. But the context of that is your own behavior and your own sin and your own uh, walk with Christ. Because context, verse 8, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. So when you feed your flesh with sin, you're going to get sinful, uh, you're just going to feed the beast, and it's just going to keep becoming more corrupt. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And yet in repentance, turning to Christ, trusting in the Spirit, you're furthering your walk with Christ and your your righteousness and showing the fruit of salvation. So, it, you know, this idea that we can apply uh you know Galatians 6:7 as some sort of karma verse is absolutely without any merit when we look at the scriptures themselves and see what it says and yet you're right there's this idea that well if i do good god will reward my good and if i do bad god will punish my bad and that's god is under no obligation to give us any kind of reward in this life though he will allow us to uh, if we are truly in him to receive the consequences of sin in this life. But the idea that somehow God is kind of up there keeping a cosmic scoreboard, well, I've done all these good things, therefore God must do something good for me, it's number one, it's a complete misunderstanding of of that passage. But secondly, it is a complete importation of a false religious uh, belief system into Christianity. And it's just like what we talked about earlier. Well, brother, I think one thing, too, that there's an aspect of this is even among professing Protestant Christians, they still misunderstand salvation. They they think that their good deeds will outweigh their bad on Judgment Day and that, you know, since they've done more good than bad, the Lord will let them into heaven. And this is rather an extension of that type of works righteousness. Just like you said, if I do more good than bad, then, you know, I'll be good on Judgment Day. You know, I've made a profession for Christ. You know, I read the Bible. I go to church two or three times a year. I should be good. But um, they don't, you know, those type of people are, they're they're blinded. They don't understand. 
Um, and I know we're running a little bit close on time, but I want to share a couple of things and we definitely could do an entire episode just on karma, but we just kind of want to touch on some different yeah, aspects agree. tonight. But, um, on CARM, C A R M on their website, they have a pretty good breakdown and it's very short. It says the similarities and differences between karma and sin similarities, both involve moral choices both affirm a relationship between our actions and the result they produce in our present lives. Okay. All right. Now, here come the differences. Karma. It is a Hindu concept. Karma does not affect one's relationship with Brahman, which is the essence of existence within all things. Whether one's karma is good or bad makes no difference to the fact that we are extensions of the very being of Brahman. Now, sin, which is a Christian concept, sin profoundly affects our relationship with God in that we become alienated from him. One of the attributes of God is absolute moral holiness, and our sin reveals an attitude of rebellion against his authority. The law of karma, which makes morality like a law of nature, does not allow for the possibility of forgiveness. Its consequences are inevitable and inescapable because God is personal and because persons can forgive, God can forgive us of our sins. Moreover, he has done so through Jesus Christ. Um, basically, it, it goes back that you know our good will outweigh our bad, that, that the law of karma will make things work out as long as we do more on the plus side and less on the negative, we'll be okay. Whether, you know, it, it's avoiding something bad happened to me down the road or will prevent me from being reincarnated as a bug. Um, because reincarnation is part of the teachings of karma, just like it is Buddhism. But, you know, all that being said, whether, whether you think that, well, it's just in good fun or you think it's just a, a way of wording something, you need to understand that they are two completely different concepts. And the bare, bare bones of it is karma comes from the teaching of demons. Galatians is, is the teaching of the one and only true God in Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we should not be tinkering or toying with anything that is unbiblical. You can, you can search, if you want to do a specific Google search for passages of the Bible, Google or whatever search engine you use, what does the Bible say about magic? Because basically it all boils back down to we're discussing magic and the occult. And the biblical response we can look to Acts chapter 19, verse 19. After Paul's preaching in time, he spent in Ephesus. And it says, Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before them all. And they counted the price of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. But the curious arts, I'm not real sure which. Oh, excuse me. This is a King James version that I pulled up. By mistake, but the curious arts that's talking about magic, witchcraft, mm -hmm. mysticism, those type of things. And assuming that each silver piece weighed one ounce, 
50,000 pieces of silver. In today's term, I think silver is currently around 20 or $25 an ounce. Now, you imagine and multiply that times 50,000, mm-hmm. and you're talking several, several millions of dollars worth of books. The, the example here is once we come to Christ and are truly saved, we should push out anything from our life out of our home out of our reach that goes against what the Bible teaches. Because like you said, the Lord demands a specific type of worship. He demands holiness. He demands that we respect him. We de- he demands that we respect his authority. You know, in the old Testament, the Lord was extremely specific on how, Mo- on how Moses was to build the tent. And, you know, that whole entire section, it gets down to some very tiny, specific details. Well, guess what? The Lord is still concerned about those little tiny details, especially um, look at the Gospels when it talks about he who will be faithful in very little will not be faithful in much. And he's not faithful in dishonest things. He surely will not be faithful in honest things. All that has application because... The Lord demands holiness. Sadly, more times than not, people go to the throne of Christ and treat it more like a divine wishing well than they do as the throne of the creator of all things. And there's one other practice we wanted to touch on very briefly that has increased in popularity among professing Christians. And for some reason, I I come across this more and more and more when it deals with women groups and, and women's prayer groups. Would you like to touch on that briefly here in our last few minutes? Yeah, um, talking about what's uh, often referred to as centering prayer or um, contemplative prayer. And uh, again, we're going to steal from our brother over at uh, CARM, Matt Slick, who has an article that he put up on uh, on the website back in 2008. Uh, he refers to it here saying centering prayer is popping. Now, this was back when the emergent church was still around. Um, they, they more or less kind of imploded, but the impact of what they did is still being felt. Um, centering prayer was a big thing at that time, and we still see that uh, you know roaming around the, you know, the church. Uh, it's also known as contemplative prayer and listening prayer. It's the practice of relaxing, emptying the mind, and letting oneself find the presence of God within. It it involves stillness, silence, patience, sometimes repeating something in the practice of not knowing as the the person seeks God's presence. Uh, A centering prayer is the opening of the mind and heart, our whole being to God, the ultimate mystery beyond thoughts, words, and emotions. So um, it's a a non-thinking emptying of the mind that seeks to find God in a way that is closer than consciousness itself. This is, again, more paganism repackaged as prayer. And Matt does a, a little bit of personal ex- explanation from when he, before he was a Christian and uh, doing these type of, uh, when he was involved in the occult. So pre-Christian days, he was involved in the occult and he was doing just these kind of behaviors. Uh, and anyway, this was the way he had um, been involved in the occult, doing just these kind of things. And he gives a personal experience of something that he actually saw and encountered while doing uh, occultic practices and doing things which were the exact same uh, 
uh, behavior on the part of uh, this contemplative prayer. However, centering and uh, prayer and contemplative prayer, whatever you want to call it, is not a biblical concept. As, as Matt explains in this article, it is something that is actually paganistic in its behavior. This is little more than it just being paganism repackaged, where we've emptied our minds and said, this is prayer. But as Matt points out, that was occultic practice. And so, he, as he points out, by the way, people who try to say this is a good thing to do, this centering or contemplative prayer, they point to Psalm 4610, where it says, cease striving and know that I am God. That's not a verse that's about mental emptiness, and it's it's certainly not one that says, empty yourself and I'll show myself to you. And it actually, as he points out in this article, it is actually the idea that you can use this for contemplative prayer is con contradictory to what the Psalms tell us about prayer and actual biblical meditation. Psalm 63.6 when I remember thee on my bed, I meditate on thee in the night watches. So he's, this, the psalmist is thinking on God, actually thinking about God, thinking on him and what he's done. Psalm 119, verses 15, 23, 27, 48, and 97. I will meditate on thy precepts and I regard thy ways. Thy servant meditates on thy statutes. I will meditate on thy wonders. I will meditate on thy statutes. Oh, how I love the law. It is my meditation all the day. There's no emptying here. There's no idea that you just allow stuff to be brought in. That The psalmist is thinking about God, thinking about his works and his wonders and his law. That is his constant meditation. It's legitimate biblical meditation, thinking on the things of God. Uh, he points out Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is that is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. If you're doing, and he says, if you're doing nothing with your mind but emptying it in an attempt to reach God, you're on dangerous, dangerous, unbiblical ground. That's absolutely true. The idea that you can just open up your mind, pretend uh, there's nothing in there, and let something else invade. Which, how would you know if it's God? By the way, if you have nothing to discern it from, and I love when I hear. Someone say, well, it has to you know, line up with the Word of God. Then if it lines up with the Word of God, then you didn't need this, by the way. You didn't need something foreign being dropped into the empty, empty brain bucket. You needed the Word. If that's what you need to line it up with, then you just need the Word. That is God's Word revealed. So you're taking nothing but paganism, repackaging it, giving it a Christian label, and saying, here you go. Christian, you can practice this. And it makes it all about you. It, it's like the, the, the author of Jesus Calling, who said, I have the word of God, but it wasn't enough. I needed something more. She wanted a supernatural revelation. And this might get us in trouble because there's a lot of people like this book, which is nothing but paganism. But she emptied her mind, sat down with pen in hand and said, I'm going to write down what I think God is revealing to me. Now, if God revealed that to her, I'd really like to know why there's been so many revisions to the book. Did God stutter? Uh, did you misunderstand? Did the ink blot turn out to something that looked like a different word and you got it wrong and you edited it wrong? Um, it's This is not 
what the Christian should be subscribing to. The, the Christian should be like the psalmist who meditates upon the word of God, who prays to God about his word, who prays and worships God for his wonders, who prays and you know takes to God the things of his heart that should be already in the process of being transformed by the word of God. That you're praying to align yourself with God's will, not drag God into your mud and say, now fix my mess. That's what prayer should be doing. Go ahead, brother. I was just going to point out, and you may have covered this, but just to be clear, meditation, the Hindu version of meditation is not the meditation that the Bible speaks about. And, And when the Bible talks about meditation, like you said, you're focusing on the Word of God. You're studying it. You're thinking about it. You're praying over it, about it. You're praying to understand it. You're praying to be able to remember it. Hindu meditation involves more of a new age spiritual, new age religion, new age spirituality, you know, because you're going to say, make a sound over and over and over again and, and clear your mind and bring it to peace and listen quietly and wait for the Lord to speak to you. Um, the post that triggered this portion of tonight's episode, which we originally did not plan, but um, some sisters had shared something several weeks ago and were replying about it. And the, and the woman that initially made the post was talking about this type of prayer group and, and practicing this and that she sits after she reads a portion of scripture, she sits quietly and clears her mind and basically chants that verse over and over and over again, waiting for the Lord to speak to her. And and then she'll sit quietly and wait and listen. Like you pointed out, if, if you hear something speak speaking and coming to you in your mind, I'm hundred percent sure it's not the Lord speaking to you. It may possibly be a demon trying to, influence you or your own self perceived voices in your head, but it's definitely not Christian. And all of these types of practices are dangerous for professing Christians. All of this new age mysticism, this new age religion, all of this, you know, wanting special revelations from Christ, wanting, you know, prophetic words, all of this, believe it or not, it's an old word that most people today do not understand, but it is still pagan practices. It is un- anything that is not Christian is pagan. Yeah. Hinduism is a pagan religion. Buddhism is a pagan religion. Worshiping ancestors is a pagan religion. Mm-hmm. Sadly, today, within American Christianity, throughout multitudes upon multitudes of professing churches, these practices have taken a stronghold within the walls of these churches through charismatic practices, charismatic teachings, prosperity gospel preachings, books like the Jesus Calling, all of this stuff. There, we, we are living in an age of Antichrist mm-hmm. because today when you say Jesus Christ, you need to be specific and make sure that you're explaining the Christ of the Bible. Because in today's world, you can take 10 different people and those 10 people will have a, possibly have 10 different understandings of Christ and practice 
10 different ways. And, uh, and you could use the word meditation and you could get 10, defi- 10 different definitions. We have to be specific. We have to be clear. We have to be precise. We have to use the Bible and explain terms and phrases and concepts the way the Bible does because we cannot assume and automatically expect that when this person says that they're a Christian and they're following Christ, we cannot automatically assume that they're actually following the Christ of the Bible. Amen. Just like through this tonight and the 400-something thousand shares of that post, I, I would just about guarantee you 99% of those that shared that would claim that they were a Christian, that they followed the Christ of the Bible, and would say there was absolutely nothing wrong with posting and sharing that and actually believe that it would happen and come true. Amen. And there's no doubt in my mind. Amen. But that is some of, the, some of the obstacles we face and some of the challenges that Satan puts out there for Christianity and for Christ. And we have to remember Nothing we can actually do or say is going to change these people's minds. Nothing we do or say is going to change these people's hearts. It is only through the power of Jesus Christ that change happens. Read what Paul talked about, and I think it was in Thessalonica when they went to the riverside and spoke to Lydia. It states there that the Lord opened her heart to understand. The same principle applies, whether it's evangelism, teaching, trying to explain these types of things to other people. Without prayer, we have no power of influence over someone else. We can explain it to them. We can try to teach it to them, but only the Lord can open their heart and allow them to understand because only the Lord can remove the veil that is over their face only the Lord can open the eyes of a blind man. We do not have the power to do anything. We can't control the weather. We can't control our death. We can't control our birth. We have no control over anything in our lives except to be obedient to Christ when it comes to reading, studying our Bible, and prayer, and being obedient to the Word of God. We will never be completely 100% obedient but we can be praying for the Lord to grant us the desire to be more obedient. We can be praying for the Lord to grant us the desire to strive for holiness. We can pray to the Lord to grant us a heart that wants to be pleasing to the Lord in our actions, in our words. These are the things that we need to be doing and stay away from this foolish nonsense like the Facebook postings and, and meditative prayer, and all of these other things. And if you are reading horoscopes or doing tarot cards or going to see a psychic, stop. Because you're not honoring Christ and his word, his death and resurrection through these practices. You're actually encouraging the influence of demons by doing these things. Amen. And just one other kind of side comment to throw into this. As we continue to see the, the the progression of leftist woke ideology, one of the things we see so much over and over again is this idea that Christianity as you know it now is, is, a, is a result of white Western European men interpreting the Bible, and therefore uh, that should be rejected. And now it opens the door 
to paganism to be repackaged in that way. And so you're going to have all kinds of individuals who claim that really we need to understand it through this person's experience or this group's uh, thoughts and experience. And that is, you know, it's just another way of repackaging that which is not biblical to be accepted by the masses. It's a way of trying to attempt to legitimize sinful behavior and finding a way to make the Bible make, say it's okay. And so we're going to see more and more of that. And that's probably something that'll be worth talking about on a future program is this idea that language is, um, is something that is uh, manipulated, that it's controlled. And therefore, if a white, if you're, if you're under the understanding of the Bible is it is God's word inspired from cover to cover. It's inerrant. Uh, it's all sufficient. It's inspired, etc. Then you're just believing a white Western European, uh, dominated cultural mindset and therefore you have a wrong christianity so it is as my brother said rich you, you said it perfectly you ha we have to understand these things we must combat these things from a scriptural perspective and we must insist upon when we are dealing with people who want to just take christianity and make it fit whatever golden calf they've created that we need to take them to the gospel that we need to take them to the Word of God, that we bring them to the point of meditating and thinking on and praying about the genuine Word of God. And that is where we have our power, because it's not in us, it's not in our powerful arguments, which are very unpowerful. It's not in our mind, which is very weak. It is not in our, our, our wonderful arguments, which are really terrible. Um, it is in the Word of God, because it is God's Word, His thoughts revealed to us. That's where our strength is. That's where our power is. It is in God and His ability, His Word, His revelation, His Holy Spirit. It's about Him. And all this nonsense, these this Facebook meme stuff, this share this, click that, say amen to that, and you get... It's nonsense. It is paganism. It is it's uh, it's heresy, it's false teaching, and it's given a Christian uh, shine to it, so people can get uh, get their their excitement for the day out of it and and do their horoscopy kind of nonsense with it. Stop, quit sharing this stuff. Be like Bonita, and call it absolutely what it is: witchcraft. <laughs> Bonita, you're my hero. Um, so. Folks, really appreciate the time. I know we went a little bit over, but I hope this helps you. The next time you see that extended family member, that aunt that you, you know because of Facebook, or that cousin that pseudo kind of believes in God, and they share this kind of thing, you know what, now you know what they're, you're dealing with. It is paganism repackaged. It is, it is false teaching, and it has an opportunity not for you to go in and beat them up with their, your theological understanding, though you could probably do that. But it's an opportunity for you to say, hey, what does that actually mean? Why do you share that? What do you think God means when he says, and then go to scripture and work that to the gospel? Use these as opportunities because the people sharing them nine times out of ten probably don't even know Christ. They just know of a Christ that they've packaged in their own image. And they say, well... Share this, and I and it proves I love Jesus. It proves nothing. It proves you love yourself. So use those opportunities. 
See them as, as doorways to the gospel. And you can share the gospel sitting on your couch, on Twitter, on Facebook. And you may end up with less followers and family members liking you on your social media. But <laughs> you've at least shared the gospel with them. So, uh, Rich, any last thoughts before we let everyone go this week? Well, just... Make sure whatever you do this week, make it a point to proclaim the gospel at least once a day, whether you hand someone a tract or leave a tract or take the time to sit down and have a very long, thorough gospel discussion with them, but always use Scripture and explain from Scripture not only what salvation is and what it means, but the need for that person to be saved. Amen. Because without understanding the wrath of God... They'll never understand the mercy of God. Amen. And by the way, y'all remember what's coming up next week, right? It's Resurrection Sunday next week, right? We get the opportunity to share Christ, our risen Savior. So you've got a perfect reason this week to be talking about the gospel. Because without a risen Christ, we don't have a gospel, right? So what an opportunity as you get together with family members and friends and uh, you get to talk about the things of God. Easter is a perfect time to do that. And if you're going to scream it because you just used, you talked about Ishtar, please don't even bother. I'm not going to get into a discussion with you. But Easter, as we know it, that the phrase you know that we use today, it's a perfect week to be talking about the things of God. Do it. Use it. And now, when people go crazy this week because it's going to be Easter... And they share all these memes. You have an opportunity to do just that. So as my brother, oh, go ahead, Rich. I was just going to give you a suggestion. In fact, here's a transition that you can use. Start out by asking them, "Do you know why Christ rose from the dead?" Amen. Let that be your springboard into a discussion. Amen. Amen. Awesome stuff. So thank you, folks. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for always being a part of our family. Uh, we are so grateful that uh, you spend time with us each and every week. And if you're new, we hope you continue to come back. So thank you. We've got, uh, as we always say, as you go out this week, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Thank you. We'll see you next time. God bless. <music>